Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. It me, your super chub boy, <laughs> Trevor. I'm here in West Hollywood, and I am a um, I'm a lizard boy today because we have a, oh. a lizard in our upstairs bathroom that just kind of is hanging out. And actually, it's very BBC. We have an upstairs and a downstairs lizard. Yes. <laughs> well, hi, my name is Michael. I am a chaser, and I was a lizard boy yesterday because there was a lizard in our front yard, and I almost stepped on him. Oh no! But I didn't, and he's safe, and now he's moved in with Trevor and Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And uh, today I am I am 100% lizard free. Whoa. Oh, that's how right. did you do it? Creams. Wow. <laughs> that's impressive. Liberal application of various creams. I admire that. Thank All you. the scales are gone. Uh, I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And um, yes, yes, uh, I am the lizard keeper, apparently. And uh, we try to keep them <laughs> the apart. The lizard king. <laughs> and we try to keep them apart from the spiders uh, because they both fight over the Boo. flies. <laughs> no, they fight over the flies. It's it's terrible. I, that's what I'm saying. And we're joined by our mascot today. Has our mascot received a name yet? Oh, um, I don't think so. Has he? So this is a gift. <laughs> <laughs> this is that is our mascot, not Trevor. <laughs> this is the little squeeze toy we received it's our from our sumo a, centaur. Our sumo centaur that we received uh, at uh, at the bigger Vegas live yes. episode from yes. one of our ardent and wonderful fans. And he's fast becoming the podcast mascot, though we do need a name. So if you have a name suggestion. I think we need a photo of him. Maybe on like... What? Like the BFGPs. Biff Guppy. Oh, dear, no. Anyway. Please, listeners, rescue us. Welcome to the show. We are starting off strong with a mailbag. How about that? Yeah. And here we are, mailbag time, <gasps> buckle up <Okay>. and unzip. <laughs> uh, listener writes in, oh, we have a name, Eric, Eric writes in, hi guys, long time listener here. I'm a couple of episodes behind right now and I need to also catch up on the mini pa Patreon mini episodes. Well, feel free to do that and there will be more coming out soon, so stay tuned. <laughs> um, you may have already talked about this, but I figured I'd write in about it anyway. I was flipping through my latest issue of Out Magazine that is impressive, by the way. Flipping through a physical copy of Out Magazine. Do oh, they still print those? They, apparently they do. Amazing. There are I, many magazines that are still printed. Little known no. fact about me, I used to work for Here Media, which used to own and produce Out Magazine, and then they sold it off, and thank God they did. <laughs> um, it seems to be doing much better now. And uh, when he turned to the page and saw a feature on Dexter Mayfield, uh, who you guys may remember as our very first interview on the Big Fat Gay podcast, mm -hmm. um, listener continues, it's the 30th anniversary issue and they were recreating iconic cover photos from the past. Dexter is beautifully posed in a swimsuit on the two-page feature. It's worth checking out. As a fellow chub, I got an instant boost of self-esteem seeing him represent. That's great. Just thought I'd bring it to your attention. If you hadn't already seen it, I can't find the link, blah, 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 blah. I can send the photo. Thank you so much, Eric. Um, that well, So we had seen uh, this article, but I think you sent it like right at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had this on my little list. And it's funny because I I read this uh, letter, but I was, it was still kind of during like COVID sickness. And I remember like reading it in bed and then later looking at the you know cover recreation of dexter um for out magazine and being like oh this will tie in there was the the letter about something with dexter and this will be a perfect <laughs> thing to tie in i'm like oh no it's the exact same thing um <laughs> well and it should be pointed out that 
Out Magazine used to do uh, hot, sexy guy on the cover swimsuit. Hot, sexy white guy. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Typically. Pretty much. And on the cover, and so they they retired that practice, but they have brought it back. I don't know, just for Dexter, but they he is recreating uh, a cover that was featured in I think two thousand six. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's not only is it incredibly brave as the um, there's a comment, so they have a comment section on out, which I on the website, and I oh, don't know I'm how I feel about to that. Hear about that. It's mostly spam. It's mostly it really is, yeah. Um, but there is a comment that wasn't negative. It was just. Uh, they they said, I feel like in as much as this should be viewed as a positive, he's opening himself up to a tremendous fat shaming. Um, well, and Dexter's no stranger to that. He's yeah, he he's a he's a he's a big boy. Um, figuratively speaking, he knows how to handle that sort of thing. I mean, we you know, to be a big guy in this world, you need a thicker than average skin. To be a big celebrity guy mm. that is known for using his body as a dancer and now exposing his body as a model. Yeah. And you have to have the thickest of skins. And currently, and this is the big, this is the juice, uh, a judge on the CBS competition show, Come Dance With Me. Yes, De- so Dexter is Dexter, that judge. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. So that is, I mean, we have, we've just seen him skyrocket. Yeah. I mean, from his debut as a, as a, as a model, as a runway model. And I think it was the Fendi. Um, yeah. Well, a dancer, dancer initially. A dancer and then, initially. And then when mm-hmm. we talked about him, yeah. it was it was right after you know his his famous uh, runway catwalk, like viral mm-hmm. amazingness. And now he's on CBS for Christ's sake, I love it. Mm. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, and you know, we knew him when. <laughs> and I think comments like that because it's not an insulting comment; it's a fear comment. And I think it's born of the oh my god, I could never do that. And yeah, that's and, fair, but and he's doing it, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. I think there's also something to like, he's opening himself up to criticism, but like the fear of that, it is still fat phobia that they've internalized and are now externalizing. If you avoid that way of thinking, that kind of will shift, I feel like, overall perceptions because it just shifts how you interact with the world which is how other people think and then interact with the world. Right. It's, I think another way of saying it is like, make yourself a, you can set an example. Yes. Like rather than saying the thing that is the fear of fat phobia, you can just say, this is really awesome. I'm glad he's doing it. And then now you're putting something positive out there rather than just voicing your own fat phobic concerns. Right. But before you can do that, you actually have to recognize, Oh, I'm having a cringe moment. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, they're, I'll be honest. Like I, I see him on that cover, and the first thought that crosses my mind is like, I could never, you know. My second thought is, good for you, but right. But there's a huge difference between I could never and oh my god, why is he doing that? Which is what a lot of people are thinking. Ah, okay. yeah, it's sort of like, why isn't he just hiding in safety? But then you <laughs> go, well, but because he shouldn't have to. And then, and I mean, the comment underneath it is. Uh, Oh, please, with a bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> uh, not, in resp- not in reply to that guy, but just in reply to the article itself, which is, you know, that, that's the kind of... But there's, that's it. It's just the two comments. And so. then a lot of stuff about... Because learning. everybody's reading out magazine in person, apparently, in the physical <laughs> copy. Well, you can't... Do they write their comments in via, like, return mail? Read it. I ruined it. Do they get, like, comments in the mail that's like, my coworker's sister-in-law well, makes $85 an hour on the internet? Oh, my God. There's so much spam on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. trying spam. to remember, like, Out Magazine was mostly just pictures and, like, advertisements, ads, right? It's so why ads. would you go to it online? Like, I, I think get they're rebranding. pictures... Yeah, I you think know? they're so 
my from my time working at, at Hear Media, which I have think I've talked about before on the podcast, not a good experience, um, very toxic atmosphere. Uh, they owned originally the Out uh, Out Magazine and the Advocate were independent publications, and then Hear Media bought them back in like two thousand eight, I believe. Oh, they bought the Advocate too. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're and then ran into the ground. Right, they ran, exactly. destroyed it, and now it's rebirth. It's reborn. Yeah. So then they sold uh, all of their various media arms except for Hear TV back a couple years ago, um, and so Out now has a chance to kind of like recreate itself, and I think this is part of that. I think mm-hmm. they're trying to make it into something more influential in a positive way. And if you're looking for the gay version of Newsweek, that's absolutely the advocate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and ha- like when they, when did they start back in the nineties, early nineties, oh, yeah. way, way 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 it was eighties yeah. or like, 70s. They are the original, like, yeah. like the OG gay publication, LGBTQIA plus. Well, that was focused on news and events rather than, you know, let's say international mail. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Um, anyway, so, Super, super awesome that Dexter is doing that, that, that mm-hmm. he has the opportunities to do that. And then he's making the most of it. I mean, we're always, we're always rooting for him. Go Woo! Dexter. Go mm-hmm. Dexter. Woo. What do we got next? Oh, next. On the uh, docket. Everybody crack your knuckles and get ready to. Uh, <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> I think we all have some strong feelings about this. I can do this. Hold on. Oh my God. Oh, oh there we go. go. Oh. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's happening, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is uh, a piece from Collider that. Michael, did a listener send this in? Yeah, or? a listener sent this to us, so thank you very much for that. Um, um, we we love that, by the way. I, I think we say this enough, but we really appreciate when you guys send us stuff. Sometimes we've seen it, but don't assume mm-hmm. that. Maybe we haven't. Um, and it's called Stranger Things. Let Hopper be fat. So um, <gasps> yeah. spo- spoilers for season four of Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Yeah, let's just start with that so we don't have to do a spoiler-free. Um, maybe I'll do a, like, hey, if you want to skip the Stranger Things discussion, if you haven't seen it yet, cut to... XYZ time code, and then I'll put yeah. it in later. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's it's funny because when I was watching Stranger Things with Trevor on the couch right here, <laughs> uh, I had this reaction that then I found in print. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. somebody wrote yeah. down what I was thinking. And basically what it is, is that every time, so, um, and again, we've, we're going to assume you've seen the show. So Hopper comes out of the, uh, out of the prison, Russian prison camp. And, you know, he, he doesn't look, he doesn't look like he's been through a Russian prison camp. He looks like he's been on a weight loss program. Yeah. Yeah. And so he should look a hell of a lot worse having been through a Russian prison camp. But instead of commenting on how, oh my God, you've been in a Russian prison camp, everybody, everybody who meets him talks about, wow, you're dot, 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 smaller. You've shrunk. Uh, you've shrunk. Like they you've, have all these euphemisms to acknowledge his weight loss. Or or somebody, or even I think when he meets uh, Joyce for the first time, she's like, oh my God, you're, and then he's like less, or not fat. Not fat. Not fat mm-hmm. is his reply. And it's, in, it's interesting the, that the writers felt the need that in every scene that the characters acknowledge, not that he's been in a Russian prison camp, but that, wow, you lost weight. The one that hit me the hardest where I just, I was beginning to lose my shit was actually in the final episode. Yes. When he gets reunited with his, uh, his, his daughter. Adopted daughter. Uh, yeah. Um, and the first thing she says to him after thinking he's dead and seeing him resurrected is you're not fat. Yeah. And why, it's no, a it's, fart in the I'm going to play the devil. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. I, Cause I agree with you. It was really disappointing and it felt like such a missed opportunity for a meaningful line that would have made you like mm-hmm. tear up and, and feel like, Oh my God, they're back to like, I could see maybe the direction they thought they were going, even if it was misguided was that 
the character is struggling with their reaction and therefore goes to settles on something mundane. Yeah. But you do that once you don't do it four no, times totally. with every and character. And as a writer, it doesn't work when everyone else has said that. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I could understand why you would think it might work, but it doesn't. It's you know? like, no, it's certainly. And he even goes on a, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Hopper actually have a mini monologue about how it was important for him to like get fit and do like, doesn't that come to up be there for of, her? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It, when I mean, is it's, this? It's a very common monologue for any father character usually mm-hmm. to like give up smoking. Yeah, because to, it's never about you know, it's never about how I look for men. No. It's always and and I can bear this out from having done a lot of seminars. In private men will say, "Oh, it's cuz I wanted to look better and get get more dates." But in public, it will always be I wanted to be healthier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to be there. The uh, the hammering of this turned the reunion in the final episode, it was a fart in the face. <laughs> it was a total fart in the what face. What should have been like, yes, <clears throat> I could smell it. Yeah. I could, it's such just, an amazing it in the air on my nose. What should have been such an amazing thing into just like fart. Like <laughs> well, farts exactly like, because it trivialized, yeah. it trivialized the whole experience of being in a Russian prison. If it, anything, at the end of the series, I was like, this they could open a weight loss spa themed like a Russian exactly. prison. Like a Stranger Things Russian prison. Exactly right. And they would make money right the now. The benefits you know? of Russian imprisonment. Absolutely. Yeah, the the running away from interdimensional monsters mm-hmm. every day really makes the pounds no, way they, to melt away. They really, they really showcased it like that because no one is talking about the torture. No one's talking about the starvation. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about the frostbite. No one's talking about the blisters and the sores. And the, no. Wow, you look Or the fact unfat. that he had to break his foot. <laughs> to escape yes mm. that just like disappears in and favor of oh you're you're not fat anymore right he's not even no limping. one's no one's horrified when they look at him mm. right well because and he shouldn't look you, that good he shouldn't look that good right, as the thing. exactly and by the way david harbour oh he's interview, amazing in an interview he talks about like this is one of the worst things i've ever done it was hard you know and he talks about he was already gained a lot of the weight back because you know he had to do it suddenly for the show because he was playing a character who was in a russian prison yeah well, I mean, he, he basically swore, like, I'll never do this again um, because it was it felt terrible. I uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I had assumed originally that he'd lost the weight to play the Marvel character in Black Widow, um, but yeah, which was also in a Russian prison. So he's spending a lot of time getting out of Russian. <laughs> that prisons. man cannot stay out of Russian prison. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, yeah, we know from, you know, ep- I don't know, episode one that David Harbour's like natural place for his body is fatter. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. I think we discussed him in our first episode. Yeah, yes. that was yeah. That's what he means. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this article is fucking fantastic though because it first of all it pulls no punches. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it gives them no leeway, um, which I think is appropriate because it is so repetitive over the course of the show. It's not just one time; it's like five times. And what did they think they were gaining from this? That's what I don't get. Like, what did like you know you were trying to play devil's advocate, Michael? What what did the writers think they were gaining by? Was this like to lighten the mood of I, Russian prison camps? I mean, no, I I was wondering if it was to make him a viable love interest for Winona Ryder. Because he wasn't before. He was the ghost of the internet my, before. I as know, a guy. but yeah. that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> he, is like As they move into a more physical relationship, they wanted him to be more presentational, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, I, well, that's going to be hard since know. the actor's getting the weight back. Well, that's the thing is he has already done so. And, and usually Stranger Things has started with a time jump at the beginning of each season. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that again because this one really leaves off with an immediacy mm-hmm. cliffhanger. Like, it, I don't think they can do that. And so I'm curious how they're going to handle 
him looking different um, from the end of season They're four. going to have him standing behind a lot of potted plants. And <laughs> carrying a lot of, of vertical stripes. Yeah. Carrying, carrying pillows. <laughs> um, this is a really fantastic article. Definitely check it out. There's a lot more in there. Um, it's on Collider, you say? It's on Collider. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a link to it on our website, of course. Of course. Um, and David Harbour. I love that he's a he's also aware of his dad bod hotness. Yeah, he is. Like, <laughs> and not in a not. I mean, just in a sort of like you know, his attitude is like, well, it couldn't have been that wrong because a lot of people liked it, <laughs> right? And I think he recognizes that there there's there's a, a degree of importance to that happening, mm-hmm. like to be that to be represented that way. All right, I'm excited for this. It's time. It's time. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I flash back to the live episode every time. For I don't think we've explained this. For the people who weren't there, that eagle cry was so loud. Over speakers. In the room. Pointed at the audience. It's fair. I've always thought it was too loud, but you know me. It, I mean, it's always meant to be loud. It has to cut through all of those drums. I just horns. don't think anyone expected all of the, the glasses being worn in the first row <laughs> to explode like that. Like, yeah. So this week's Fat Watch is fantastic. I am so excited to talk about it. It's also incredibly dense. There is so much here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an article from Vox uh, by Alex Hazlitt uh, titled, How to Help Teens Have a Peaceful Relationship with Food. And it's written as sort of a listicle. So mm-hmm. like, it's like, do this, do this, do, don't do that. Like, it's, it's, very, it's very digestible. It's very digestible, but the, the density of information is phenomenal mm-hmm. well there's a lot presented because it's a big topic it's a big topic and i like how they th- there's everything that is written is supported yes um but there's the it's basically saying like when you are a young child like preteen and tween you are typically kind of at the whim of your caretaker or if it's your mm-hmm. parent or guardian or whoever mm-hmm. to feed you right and you just you eat what you're given more or less um but when you go into teenage years you start making a lot of your own decisions and that's where a lot of dysmorphias and um, eating disorders can develop when yeah. you start making your own decisions and it, how you view your own body starts being reflected in your own habits. Um, and it's, it's, it's basically an instruction for parents on how to approach it. And I think the fantastic start to this is inspect your own mm-hmm. prejudices that, start that, with that yourself is, that is the first point of like <laughs> call yourself on your own shit never mind your kids stuff yeah your own stuff about yeah. what messages you're transmitting how you relate to your body the comments you make about your body when other people are around mm-hmm. it, like your kids yeah yeah like i'm very aware that like half of my bullshit is because of my mom's hatred of her own body mm-hmm. and then turning around and projecting it on me oh absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. and you know maybe you know we have a lot of we have a lot of gay listeners who may not have kids but but, you know, you have nieces and nephews, you have your friends' kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're out there. And plus, you know, just other human beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no need to keep perpetuating that stuff, even if, you know, even if everybody in your life is over 21. Yeah. There's no reason to keep pushing that toxicity on other people just because it's you. I mean, just because it's your own stuff. One of my favorite takeaways from this was the... And we've talked about this, but it it really is crystallized perfectly, which is the all food fits model or approach mm-hmm. to to food and to feeding yourself. It's it's just the idea that everything works, everything works, and don't don't put food into the good and bad categories. Yeah, mm-hmm. so many diets have this like red light, yellow light, green light approach. Yeah. Uh, like Noom is is very much red light, you know, red, yellow, green light. And the problem is that 
kids and even a lot of adults develop this idea called, you know, orthorexia, which is this fixation on the correct way of eating, even though no one agrees on what that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though no one agrees on the correct way of eating, everybody's got their correct way of eating. And people say, oh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm cutting out X, Y, and Z foods because quote, I want to be healthier. Like who said that was healthier? Yeah. And so that it's not about like junk food, bad kale, good. It's just about like food is not meant to accomplish. Food is not meant to accomplish health. Food is food. Yeah. And, and that's another point that's made in the article is like food is not an, in order to eating is not an, in order to the food is not part two of your workout. (laughs) It's like, it's just, it's just food and Mm. you're supposed to enjoy it. It's supposed to be an enjoyable experience. And there's a lot of ways to enjoy food. There was something I saw earlier this week and I was trying to find the tweet, but it was someone just commenting on about how we see an unnatural amount of beautiful people now Mm -hmm. and how it is just wrecking our brains. And I imagine it's so much worse for, you know, teens, especially like with like TikTok and I gotta feel so old saying like, and the TikTok. (laughs) This whole TikTok thing is. Oh, that's that thing on the internet. My my goddaughter is seven and she is thinking about her body in ways that, I don't think a se- like I a seven year old wouldn't have been aware of when I was hmm. growing up. I mean, uh, when I I, we were last uh, November, when we were up with Dan's family, mm. uh, his cousin has a daughter who's about seven, se- about seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, his cousin's wife is expressing concern about how she's already starting to talk about her body mm. in a way that like, her waist being smaller and stuff and like, and comparing her waist with her friend's waist and her, mm-hmm. she and her friends, you know, sit around and, and compare measurements of body parts. There's seven. That's mm-hmm. so, yeah. And you know, the mom is, you know, concerned about this and it's it like with, I'm using my, my poor goddaughter as the example, but like, she's also projecting it outwards mm-hmm. in a way that I can't submit. Like, uh, I was very concerned when I found out she saw a couple high school boys walking by and that she turns to her other seven year old friend and says like, Ooh, that one doesn't have a six pack. He has an eight pack. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's not even eight yet. And like, and she knows that that's more valuable. Well, she lives on TikTok, and apparently that's the currency there. You know? Oh, I don't think this is that friggin' new, especially for girls. I mean, I was a fat kid and I remember back when I was like 10, maybe 12, I had this girl tell me in just the most sneering terms, like, oh my God, you're going to die of a heart attack. Oh yeah. Wow. She's already thinking that at 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the other side of this too on TikTok is there is also starting to emerge because we're in an age where everything, everything one way is combated on the other side. There is emerging on TikTok and a lot of other places, these things where people are saying like making fun of, like I've seen these memes where uh, it's, it's, you know, like some, hot young guy, you know, really working hard at the gym and like, and the caption says, my mom thinks I'm so healthy because I'm at the gym. And then it cuts to, you know, a picture of like some raging party monster. You know, she doesn't know I do 10,000 milligrams of caffeine when I go to the club and like, (laughs) like, you know, it's, it's all this stuff of like what that costs Yeah. Yeah, because the models that are being worshiped on the internet, you know, if you're, if, if you're, being one of those models, and if you're aspiring to be one of those models and succeeding, you know the drugs and deprivation that is necessary to achieve that. Yeah. 
what kills me is the people who don't are the people mm-hmm. who are like, oh my God, look, he only has a four pack now. He's really let himself go. Mm-hmm. That ticks me the fuck off. Uh, so I think really appropriate to this conversation is uh, a listener sent in a TikTok um, from Rob McElhenney, who I guess kind of had more of a dad bod look for a while. I'm not too familiar with him. He's an actor. Um, and then got incredibly ripped uh, for a role. And everyone, I guess the uh, the tweet was, can you please, uh, Rob McElhaney, can you please tell me how in the hell you got so ripped, putting us all to shame after that transformation? And he responded to it. Mm-hmm. And he did a, a I just want to play it for you. I can't say it or something. No, it's gorgeous. Better. Play it. Rob McElhaney, can you please tell me how in the hell you got so ripped, putting us all into shame after that transformation? Okay. I'm going to break it down for you because it's actually quite simple. And anybody can do this. Anybody on the planet can do this. First things first, if you have a job, like a nine to five job, quit that. Now, do you like food? Forget about that because you're never going to enjoy anything you eat. Alcohol, sorry, that's out. So what you're going to need to do is you have a chef, right? Like like a personal chef. So make sure the chef uh, makes you a lot of chicken breast and make sure you keep your caloric intake at a certain level and as you go to your physician two to three times a week just to monitor all your testosterone levels because testosterone is important to to building muscle you're good friends with the trainer from magic mike right aaron babayan so you want to give aaron a call and you want to make sure he's at your house uh, and takes you to the gym at least twice a day because uh, you're going to want to do your muscle building in the morning and then your cardio in the afternoon uh, now do you have a family like a significant other or kids, yeah, forget about them. You're not going to have time to deal with them. So uh, that's really all you have to do. And make sure that you have said studio uh, pay for the entire thing because it could become exceptionally expensive. So I think if you just do all of those things, then you too can have an absolutely unrealistic uh, body type such as me. Yeah, okay. Well, which so- is exactly what that other actor, remind me, Trevor, uh, oh, in that from, other article, yeah, we, from the live episode, mm-hmm. I think we talked about that on the live episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this name. this English actor, who Will was, Poulter, Will Poulter, who had to quote unquote get in shape because it's not that. Um, <laughs> it's looks yeah. it's looks superhuman. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever you think about Chris Pratt, and I know there are some controversies around him right now. You got to give him credit as being sort of the guy who led the way on this. Like he, when he was making his transformation into uh, Star Lord, he was posting a lot of stuff about how much it sucked. Yeah, you know, and and being pretty upfront about how much other people had to put into it. Now, can, can I get into my angry old man on the rocking chair on the porch for a second? Can I, can I get do into, <laughs> should I get off the lawn now? <laughs> yeah. You have no idea what you have unleashed. <laughs> okay. So I have I know, the power of the edit button. <laughs> I know every generation always complains about like the new thing and how it's going to ruin the world. Oh, yeah. So like when I was a kid, it was TV before that it was books. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for that, actually, like, these cave paintings are going to ruin <laughs> the youth of tomorrow. No, it, you, you don't know how right you are. There are diatribes in the 16th century. No, I'm very aware. About yeah. how books are going to ruin the world. Yep. <laughs> um, but like I, I look at TikTok and TikTok is one of those things where I'm just like, this is not good. This is not a good thing for the future. Well, the U.S. government agrees with you. Well, it, it, yeah, <laughs> but it's because it's it's every I feel like every form of medium has cut away some more of the fat to our stories. Right. So like, you know, uh, books Mm. Uh, moving into movies, you lose a lot of what the book contained. Movies moving into a one-hour format of a TV show can lose some of the stuff. 
Now, TikTok has figured out a way just to <laughs> hear are some abs and a statement. Go. And done. <laughs> and I can't, it's not the content itself. It's the unending every 15 seconds, another hot pair of abs telling you, you are not, not well, the but, world but is I not would, good. Well, but I would say, though, you know? that there is another, there is an, I don't know about an equal, but there is absolutely another current running counter to that, which is this shit is unattainable and it's stupid. Right. That's, and that's true. But On it, TikTok. It, keep in mind, I am not a TikToker, but I am a Facebooker. Mm-hmm. And the reels thing on my mm, Facebook as I go past it, it's basically the softcore porn section absolutely. of my Facebook feed. You know? I will see my thing with TikTok is the, it's that, but it's the combination of it just keeps pumping it out towards you. Like you can't, yeah. yeah. I just feel like I, like, I I want it to stop. I just need a break. I just need to like, just give me a second. I Can need I- I want to. I want to. I want to speak from the other side for a second here, which is that TikTok is what you make it. Yeah, that's what yes. I'm saying. It's no, very. You it's will not find what TikTok you look for. is. It what is. No, it is. itself around what you want to make. No, but what I'm saying is, it yeah. responds to what you put into it. So, like, I I was on TikTok. I I got off of it because I was spending too much time on it. But I was on it for a good month and a half, maybe a month, and. Like in that time, it immediately honed in on what I was interested in, which was ADHD and neurodivergent TikTok. And that's all I saw. Like that's all, that's the only content it put toward me. Yeah. And I loved it. It was I, great. I, on the, I, I'm not on TikTok, but I follow people who capture things from TikTok. Yeah. And so I see a lot of postings by gainers and chasers of just the before pictures of these TikTok people who are like <laughs> losing hundred pounds. I just see the before and they're, it's just that glorified. And they just, you know, they skip the part where they lose all the weight. The after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, this is kind of leading, we were kind of already halfway through our main topic anyway. Yeah, uh, it was a good transition yeah, point. This is a good way to get into um, Dal E, which yes. Trevor so kindly brought to all of our oh, attention. God. This was fascinating. I'm glad you pointed Horrifying out. is also another yeah, word. Yeah, but I would not use. unexpected. Not unexpected, okay. but just visually horrifying. <laughs> so, some you have probably seen examples of this in your internet browsings if you are. <laughs> on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Dolly is a AI visualizing, like it, it creates images. So this is from the Dolly website because it's a, it's a very kind of weird to explain. Dolly 2 can create original realistic images and art from a text description. It can com- combine concepts, attributes, and styles. Dolly 2 has learned the relationship between images and text used to describe them. It uses a process called diffusion, which starts with a pattern of random dots and gradually alters that pattern towards an image when it recognizes specific aspects of that image. So it it might be helpful to like have an example. So if you type in impressionist skiing panda, it will (laughs) create an image of a skiing panda in the style of impressionism. Mm-hmm. Or yes. photorealism, if you type photorealism in. So, mm-hmm. and what it's doing is it's, you know, all it's reliant on what it's been fed, what it's been taught. And it hasn't been taught certain things deliberately. So like you can't put in a politician doing something that would be incriminating and then like try right. to market it as real. Mm-hmm. And you can't ask for violent images because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's been, it, that's been put out. Uh, but it's interesting. So obviously the thing it knows the most about apparently is animals. So pandas and especially I should say chimpanzees <laughs> are uh, really well rendered. However, <laughs> fat people, not so oh, much. Yes. In well, fact, my favorite thing is like a lot of the fat people, if you ask for a fat person, they have no head. 
Yeah, well, okay, right. so <laughs> to, to be clear, so there's diff, two different versions of this software available yes, right yes. now. There's Dolly 2, which is in a closed beta, and then there's Dolly Mini, which is what you have probably seen. Which is obviously much less quality, much yes, lesser quality. It's, it's cruder, and both Dolly 2 and uh, Dolly Mini will not generate faces for the specific reason of just concern about people generating uh, misleading yeah. content. It's But it's pulling from like the internet, essentially. Yes. It's pulling from links between text and pictures. And so you can imagine if you have somebody you know, trashing a fat person and saying all of these things about them, and then you type in a certain prompt, it's going to give you, for instance, the, the way we got into this was, mm. it was a listener, right? Who, who wrote oh, I don't know if it was a listener. I don't remember who it was. Found. It was someone I... I'm friends with on Facebook, uh, Chubb Gainer, someone talking about using the software and how with Dolly Mini, if you, they put in 400 pound man because they were and because they wanted to see what would happen because they were noticing that anything with fat would was like amplified. So when they put in 400 pound man, the images it generated were closer to what someone who was 800 pounds would look like. Well, or, and just distorted and grotesque and yeah. like the clothes morph into the background. I mean, the samples it's pulling from are images la labeled images on the internet, right? Yeah. It's, it's mm -hmm. going by labels yeah. on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And this is to be fair. This is Delhi mini Delhi two is supposedly a much higher quality render, but that is a closed beta. You can't get access to it really. Right. So Delhi mini is what people have access to. And it mm -hmm. is doing a very weird thing where it's basically, as Trevor put it, it is creating a visual representation of fat phobia. Which is a brilliant way to say it. So if you want to know yeah. what does fat phobia look like, use Dolly Mini. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't say it's being made up because it's it's basically just a hybrid of all the images that you can find on the internet. It's, it's a mirror. You know? It's mm -hmm. a kind of mirror. It's reflecting what yeah. it sees. Well, and what I really love is that the distortion and imprecision that exists around fat figures in uh, in the software is not seen in just like panda. So apparently we know a lot more about what pandas look like than what fat people look like. <laughs> well, I, I think again, it's because it's the labeling. Well, right? of course, of course. Yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that our notions of fat are distorted. Right. But it's what I'm saying is that uh, the way we label our photos is going to impose a greater distortion in this. Because if someone is fat, if you want mm. to post Whereas a photo of them that's mm. pejorative, right? You're going to you're going to post something on there that has negative imagery mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. negative labeling. Right. Whereas if like I want to post a picture of myself, like I'm fat, but I'm not going to label the photo fat guy or 400 pound guy. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so it's not going to be put into the sample that could contribute a more positive image. No, I think that's fair. And whereas chimpanzee or panda is pretty neutral. Exactly. Yeah. There was um, I was thinking of this at some point after we had our call. There was a website for a while. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was called like the Bodies Project or something. Mm -hmm. It was a chart with basically like heights and weights and people could submit their picture. So it's like, what is someone who's, you know, five, nine and 120 pounds look like? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Or and you know, versus someone who is four, eight and 120 pounds or, you know, six, seven and 120 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, That's interesting. And it was so interesting to see. I don't think it, I mean, it probably doesn't exist anymore. But that, that's a wonderful way to examine the variety of body types, which we're not exposed to because we're usually looking at 
approved body types mm-hmm. or pejorative or, or uh, you know, uh, stigmatized body types. Yeah. yeah. I mean, part of it is also like, what does fat mean? Yeah. I yeah. mean, fat yeah. encompasses, fat's not enough. It's well, not. no, as I say, fat, fat is a local event. Yeah. It's, you know, fat, in one place, <laughs> fat in one place is not fat in another place. Yeah. Um, as evidenced by our <laughs> much maligned Hollywood fat, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just sort of normal everywhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, so one thing I thought was odd about the way that the program interprets fat bodies is we, we typed in, um, happy fat man on the beach. Yes. That was our first sort yeah. of group test. And a, I would say maybe a third to half of the images had, the men sort of rendered in either female bathing suits or even with like mm-hmm. cleavage, like a tube top. Mm-hmm. A yeah. lot of men the, in bikinis. Yeah. Like, yeah, like sort two of part bikinis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And its ability to distinguish fat man from fat woman seemed really almost non-existent. I think that's because most images of fatness are women. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, unquestionably. Because that's mostly what anti-fat bias is targeting. Mm. And that's mostly where the body positivity movement has started. So basically, don't, if, if you, if you are, if you've been drinking, feel free to check out Dolly, Dolly Mini, but (laughs) yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of disturbing and weird. So there's a reason why this is important, right? This isn't just sort of a casual, Mm. what the fuck? Um, so as we start moving forward and face recognition technologies become more dominant and more popularly used, mm. we've seen this issue popping up in black communities already where, um, if, if I, I may, I'm paraphrasing the, uh, the thing that was discovered, but basically like at Google, there's sort of an automatic sort of basket that every, that all these photos get separated into in a lot of ways. Um, and they had a problem with black faces being put into the basket that was for gorillas and apes and all that stuff, because there wasn't enough face recognition for black people to be recognized as human because the, all of the programming teams were white. Right. Well, be, yeah, it's just because the, the AI recreates the bias of its creators. Right. Yeah. You know, so the, like that's an issue, you know, uh, a similar issue was like a voice recognition elevators in Scotland were <laughs> rendered completely useless because the voice recognition technology could not recognize a Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's important to be seen as you actually are as our technology starts accelerating and it starts recognizing you, you trying know, and to recognize trying you. to recognize mm-hmm. you, trying to interact with you. Well, I, I think what you're, you po- what you're, I think what you're pointing to is the, you know, the inverse of that, which is, you know you're not part of society when AI doesn't recognize yes. you as part of society. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I loved this show, Better Off Ted, way back in the day. It was a fantastic show. Uh, and they did an episode. It's a, it's a high-tech corporation that's just sort of like a megalithic thing that doesn't care about people. Uh, so they install a new sort of motion sensor technology that turns the, like, keeps the lights on in the room when you're working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the motion sensors can't recognize black people. So the lights keep turning off wherever the black employees are. And so the company decides it's actually cheaper because it was so expensive to put this in. It's cheaper to hire white temps to follow around the black employees. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, um, it's taking it to an absurd level, but like this is, this is actually impactful to our lives. It's not just a trivial, Oh, that's so funny that like, we're going to get nasty pictures of ourselves when we type it in. 
this is the foundational technology for things that will be affecting our lives and will be interacting with us in the future. It's something that needs to be addressed now or we are going to be left out. Well, and it's what alarms people when people talk about, oh, AI is the future and AI can, mm-hmm. be all, all, can do all these things. It's like, yeah, if you want, you know, a fat phobic racist to be making all these decisions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we. <laughs> all well, right. Yeah. We've, we've had a lot of happy on the show for the past couple episodes. Mm, yeah. Knock it off. We're, yeah, due, we're due for some we're downer material. Take your well, legs I mean, out at some point. I think the way to walk away from this is to just be conscious <laughs> of how you, like what you put out online as more and more just AI stuff is being developed. It's going to pull from what is out there publicly. So just be conscious about what you, the, the language you use mm-hmm. because uh, the, the machines are going to turn it back at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true. Do we have a tip today? Uh, I mean, the tip is, you just got it. You just got it in the little, the little musical sting. The trip is don't touch computers. They're going to take over the world. Um, but I think we probably have a bit. We do. Ooh. So, and I forgot my reading glasses, so you're all going to bear with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about uh, Dolly, um, it's interesting what, what these, these photos, these images that it creates are these hybrids from all across the internet, also known as a chimera. Oh, true. Right? And so uh, throughout history and mythology and religion, yes, Dungeons and Dragons players, we have a nice uh, juicy fantasy question today. Uh, There are all sorts of famous chimera across all sorts of mythologies that just kind of slamming different animal parts together and making new monsters. So, um... I, I thought maybe we'd go into some of the more famous chimera of history. Okay. Ooh. All right. So I'm going to give you some hints. You're going to be guessing which famous chimerical monster I am talking about. As Dan sits there looking confused and our two D&D players are leaning forward. The <laughs> All right. Uh, question one. Was killed by Theseus. Lived in a maze. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, Dan oh. comes in first. The Minotaur. That is correct. Can I can I be a total nerd for a second? Mm-hmm. He lived in a labyrinth. What is a labyrinth? <laughs> uh, no, there is actually a technical difference between a maze and a labyrinth. <laughs> 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 and if you're not a very good boy, I'll tell you. I want to know what is, what's the difference. Be quick about it. <laughs> uh, a maze has uh, options for which you can go yeah. one way or another. A labyrinth is actually some sort of concentric or or uh, directional. It, uh, well, I don't remember if this is actually true, but what I'm remembering is that in this particular example, if you always turn left, if you have a turn in front of you, if you always turn left, you make it to the center. To the well, in the myth, uh, they use Daedalus has a solution, which is to unravel a, a, a skein of yarn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Always near the ocean, but not aquatic. Okay. Bird wings. Oh, buzz. Oh, oh. Trevor? Harpy. Yeah. No. Oh. Mm-mm. Harpies really? are not always necessarily near the ocean. Yeah. Known mm. for extremely attractive female bodies. Oh, ding. A siren. Yes. Sirens. Oh. Sirens are bird women hybrid chimera that lured sirens, uh, lured sailors to their death. Mm-hmm. Right. A small creature originating in North America. Though quite small, they are always seen sporting deer's antlers. Buzz. 
Trevor. Jackalope. The Jackalope. I knew that was going to be one. That was my first thought when he said this was Jackalope. <laughs> it's, it's been in my Jackalope, Jackalope, Jackalope. Jackalope, Jackalope. All right, here, here we go. Second to last. This is our uh, penultimate. Mm-hmm. Its name is now used to describe part of the human brain. <gasps> ding, 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 ding. Dan. Severus. No. Oh, I should get credit for that. <laughs> its name has Greek origins, but it was known in Phoenician, Pict, Etruscan, and Roman mythologies. Though often depicted with wings, most mythologies strictly see this as a sea creature. Part horse, part fish. The seahorse? No. <laughs> That's that's literally what its name means. The hippocampus. Oh, the hippocampus. It was basically a mermaid with a horse. Top. I think I should still get credit hmm. for Severus. <laughs> Nerd. Even though, even though it probably is wrong. <laughs> All right. Last, last one. one. This is the toughest one. Its name is still popular usage as a biological term. Had the tail of a dragon. Had the head of a oh. lion. Had a freaking goat growing out of its back. And final hint, I have used its name Buzz. multiple times. Chimera. Yes, that oh, is correct. It is the actual. <laughs> it yeah. is the actual chimera. So uh, Man. this just takes me back. Did anyone play this answer to this is almost certainly no. Um, Wrath of the Gods, the old Mac OS Greek mythology video game. Nope. Okay. No, I, I read me. mythology. But yeah. Uh, well, no, I read it too, but then they also came out with the game back in like 1999 or great. whatever. And you got to, it was a point and click adventure and you're, yeah, but he used like 4k of memory though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I did watch clash of the Titans on infinite loop as a, a Titan against a Titan. <laughs> <laughs> Release the Kraken. <laughs> And that concludes our episode yes. today. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going to release that? If you'd, like, if you'd like to tell us how big nerds we are, Trevor, where can they do that? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at BigFatGayPod. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com yeah. slash BigFatGayPod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Five stars there. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. We got some new reviews. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. We yeah, read you. them. We read them all. Thank you very much. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Um, maybe you're listening and you're in a labyrinth. Dum dum dum. And you're you're laying out your yarn. <laughs> that's what Dan said to do. <laughs> and you hear hear a, a pan flute. <laughs> it's Zamphir. <laughs> and some hand flute and some clopping. <laughs> and a familiar face turns the corner. It's Michael. He's a little... Uh, a, a little Seder? Uh, yeah, a little Seder. Seder <laughs> Michael. And he, he has a message for you. Watch out! <laughs>